0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In our text from the Gospel of St. John, Jesus tells a story, a parable, in order to explain the kingdom of God. A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. The man throwing the banquet represents God the Father. The banquet to which he invites many is God's kingdom which will be fully realized in heaven, but has already begun here on earth within the church. And this is a banquet unlike any other. To call it a great banquet is a great understatement. It is the banquet of the ages, the wedding feast of the Son of God himself, as he takes his bride, the church, unto himself. I imagine that you've attended some impressive banquets in your lifetime. But after eating your fill, you woke up the next day hungry. So it is with every earthly pleasure in pursuit. But Jesus says, whoever drinks of the water that I shall give will never thirst again. And whoever eats of the bread that I will give will live forever. He is speaking here of holy baptism and holy communion. In his banquet, God the Father serves the bread of eternal life, the medicine of immortality, and he sends out his invitation to many, saying, come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine that I have mixed. Leave your sinful ways and live. It's rather common to hear people say, well, I hope I'm good enough to get into heaven. I hope God decides to let me in. We tend to have this idea that God has plans to turn some people away at the gates of heaven, to deny entrance to people who are desiring heaven. But this is a false idea of heaven and a false idea of God. Scripture teaches the opposite. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, God desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. As Jesus teaches us, the Father is actively inviting all to his banquet. When the many he first invites refuse to come, he sends a second invitation to the poor and the crippled and the lame and the blind. And when there is still room at the table, He sends out his servant a third time, saying, Go out to the highways and hedges and compel people to come in. This is God's will, that his house would be filled. And in every generation, his servants have been hard at work, hand-delivering the gracious invitation to eternal life, yes, even compelling people, to enter the wedding feast. Contrary to the way that we often think, God does not reject people from his banquet. No, those whom God has invited reject him. The door to hell is, so to speak, locked from the inside. And hell will be inhabited by those who refuse the invitation to heaven. This is what Jesus teaches us in this parable. At the time for the banquet, the Lord sent his servants to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. And they were rather polite in their excuses. I just bought a new field. Please have me excused. There were a variety of excuses. There always are. New field, new oxen, new wife, and today we might add new career, sports, leisure, sleeping in, or even I'll come later, I promise, but just not today. As a pastor, as one of God's servants tasked with delivering his invitation, you can be sure I've heard all the excuses. God does not turn people away. People reject God for themselves, perhaps politely, generally with some sort of feeble excuse, but whatever the case, they are spurning God's gracious invitation. And now we come in the parable to the wrath of God. Yes, God does have wrath, but not for the reasons we might think. God isn't angry when you accidentally let out a curse word. You know, people are always apologizing to me, the pastor, when they swear, as though somehow God is only listening when the pastor's around. But no, God isn't uptight with you when you have a couple of beers and enjoy yourself with a group of friends. He's not even angry because you are a sinner, as we all are. No, God loves you in spite of that fact. But what does make God angry is when the sinners whom he loves spurn his invitation to be partakers of eternal life. When those who were called to enter the heavenly feast refuse to come, God the Father is angry. Not at the sinners, but for the sinners, because they are rejecting their own salvation. God's angry in the same way that parents would be angry with a child who turns down a full-ride scholarship to MIT in order to do meth. This anger is actually a manifestation of love. God, who is more loving than the world's greatest father and more compassionate than the most tender mother, desires good things for all of his children. It is this love of God that is the driving force behind his invitation. And because he loves you, your heavenly father doesn't give up. He continues to send out his servants again and again. In fact, you can rightly say that every moment of your life up until now, every joy, every trouble, every hardship, every moment, has been part of God's extended invitation to you. He invites, and yes, he even compels you to enter into all joy. And why is it that God does this for you? Is it because of some vested interest? Because he needs you to perform some task for him in his kingdom? Does God need you to volunteer your time or donate 10% of your salary? No. When you're invited to a wedding banquet as an honored guest, when you arrive, do you immediately go into the kitchen and start peeling potatoes? Of course not. You find your seat at a table and you wait to be served. So it is in the greatest banquet of all. God the Father is hosting the meal and you are... Are the guest of honor. And what would God have you do? Do nothing. Sit and be served. And who is it that does the serving? None other than our Lord Jesus Christ. This, by the way, is why we call going to church a service. But you are not the one serving. No, we often get it backwards. The order of service in your hymnal is called the divine order. Service. Why? Because God, the divine, has invited you to his banquet in order to serve you. Among Christians today, one of the greatest excuses for not attending the banquet is that we are too busy serving God. We often think that the purpose of church is for us to get busy and volunteer we can be so distracted by our giving back to God that we miss out on the primary action of the divine service, God serving us. At this banquet, our Lord Jesus is both the server and he is the food itself. For he says to all who are invited, take, eat, this is, is my body, which is broken for you. Take, drink, this wine is my blood, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whoever eats this bread that I give will live forever. Whoever drinks from the water of life will never thirst again. The feast to which our Lord invites us is the great banquet of heaven that never ends. But today and every Lord's day, we are given a foretaste of what is to come. Even one crumb from our Lord's table grants eternal life. One drop of the blood of Christ is more than enough to cleanse even the filthiest soul. Does God have a problem with you because you are a sinner? No. Of course, he's not going to leave you that way. But it's broken people that are the only ones who can be compelled to come to Jesus. Are you poor, crippled, blind, or lame? Then his invitation is especially addressed to you. Come. Leave your sins at the altar and be filled with every good thing. Come, receive without price the forgiveness of sins, life, and eternal salvation. Set aside all petty excuses and let our Lord Jesus serve you in his divine service. Come, for everything is now ready. In the name of Jesus, amen.